are cards that say prayer requests day of prayer, and it has a date of November the 13th. We kept those out on the various tables. If you'll ignore the fact that it's for a day of prayer, and if you have continual requests, if you'll put those uh, requests on these cards and drop those into the boxes, we will continue to add requests to these cards each week and individual as we pray for half a million things over the last 50 days of this year. Also, keep in mind that the brochures are available, that you can read a prayer each day and meditate upon that prayer and pray as it motivates you. Let's be sure that we think about as a holiday for our nation, Thanksgiving. If you haven't started yet, go ahead and participate in listing the 100 things that you're thankful for. It's a wonderful exercise that makes us think about who is the giver of all that is good. And let's pause, not just this week, but every week of our life to remember to count the blessings that God has given us. A flight was canceled at United Airlines in Denver, Colorado. This created a long line of rescheduling, and there was only one ticket agent to handle all of this rescheduling. After a few minutes, a man came rushing up from the very back of the line to cutting all of the other passengers, slammed down his ticket, and he said, you don't understand, I have to be on this next flight, and I have to have first class, and I have to have it now. Very patient. The ticket agent said, sir, I'm sure that we will be able to help you, but if you will, please go to your place in line, and we will help you. His arms up, and he said... Do you have any idea who I am? Very wisely, the ticket agent, she reached over for the public address system and she said, Ladies and gentlemen, we have a crazy man at gate 17 that does not know who he is. If anyone can please identify him, please come immediately to gate 17. Of course, laughter burst out. The man, very embarrassed, found his way back to the back of the line. Humility and craziness. I know when you saw the title of today's lesson, The Day I Went Crazy, you thought that was about me, right? Or maybe you had somebody else in mind that you thought it was about. You know, it is interesting. As we are approaching the end of the year, as a congregation, we're thinking about prayer and emphasizing it strongly. But also this week as a nation, we're emphasizing thanksgiving. And the backdrop of all of this is always humility. It's also interesting that one of the stories in the Bible that teaches us in one of the most straightforward manners the necessity of humility in life also shows us that when the man was not humble, the man became, and, and I know this is somewhat of a slang use of the way we use it, but the fact is it is the most common way that we use the word. We say, he's crazy. If you and I would have seen King Nebuchadnezzar at one point in his life, we would have looked over in a pasture and we would have said, he's crazy. What put that crazy beast into the pasture like that? It's remarkable that it was pride that put him there. And today, I hope that every one of us leave from here saying, I'm not going to be crazy this week. And at the times that we start to lift ourselves up with pride, I hope that we look ourselves in the mirror and say, stop being crazy. 
I hope we're able to jokingly say to each other, to our friends, a friendly reminder to our family, let's not be crazy this week. Let's humbly serve God. When we look at Nebuchadnezzar, we're looking at a man that some would describe, I guess, in his day and time as the man who had everything. You see, when we consider the man that was the ruler of Babylon, the empire that was ruling of that day and time most powerful, we look at a man that had riches, he had power, he had prestige, he had popularity, he had acceptance, of all of his peers and his people. But there was one more thing that he had along with his pride. He had a dream from God. And Jay has capably read for us just a portion of that text that was a dream from God of that grand tree. And when he had that dream of that tree that was so grand that it could be seen from all over the earth, and that it had fruit that could take care of nourish all of the earth, and it had leaves and branches that could offer shade and protection for all of the earth. And in his dream, he saw a great one from heaven come down and chop that tree down. And he expressed that dream to astrologers of his day, and they could not interpret the dream. And so he goes back to Daniel, and he asked Daniel to interpret that dream. And in several of the verses that we will not read this morning, Daniel tells him the interpretation of his dream. That he was that mighty tree. But God was going to come down and was going to chop down that mighty tree to humble him. But then he closes his interpretation with a plea of repentance so that he could avoid such destruction. Now the text for this morning begins at that point in Daniel the fourth chapter. If you have your Bibles open, we'll be reading in 28 and 29, and if not, we'll see on the screen verse 30 as we think first this morning of the fact pride destroys. Let's read together. Daniel, the fourth chapter, 28, all this came upon King Nebuchadnezzar. In other words, Daniel had just given him the warning. All of this came upon King Nebuchadnezzar at the end of the 12 months. He was walking about the royal palace of Babylon. The king spoke, saying, Is not this great Babylon that I have built for a royal dwelling by my mighty power and for the honor of my majesty? What is pride? More of self and less of God. More of self and less of others. And so it's in this mindset that this man has convinced himself, I am the builder of all of this. I am the one that has empowered myself to be able to build all of this. So therefore, it's only natural, I am the one that others should praise, others should honor. I deserve majesty because of my power. How much I talk do you do? It's easy to do because it's human nature. But now this week, will you agree that any time you're riding down the road and you're thinking about how good you're doing and everything, would you just pull down that rear view mirror and look yourself right in the eyes and say, stop being crazy. It's not all about you. It's all about God. Some of you own successful businesses. Do you talk about what I have built? 
what I've empowered in my business? Do you think that there ought to be just a few more awards hanging on your wall? It's just others haven't figured out really how great you really are yet? What about your home? Do you really think that your home is so good because that's just how great we are as parents? Look at the power of righteousness that we place in our home. Why? I hear people bragging about our family. They ought to brag a lot more. How many mothers would nominate themselves as mother of the year? And then on the other hand, compare that thought, if you will, to Hannah. Hannah, who built your home? She lifts up her eyes and says, God, I beg you, just give me a little boy. Hannah, how did you get your son? God, thank you for giving me my boy. As a matter of fact, when he's 12 years old, I'm so grateful for him, and I realize he's yours. I take him back to the temple, and I give him to you in service. Oh, I'll go visit him once a year, and I take his coats to him. Lord, I have to give you the honor. I have to count you with majesty for giving me my family. Friends, it's I business that is crazy. It's I business that takes the focus off of what everything really is. Anything that's good in our life is good in our life because God gave it, because God built it, because God empowered it, and because God deserves the honor and the majesty and the glory for it. And so we read on about this man that uh, was allowing pride to destroy a great kingdom that God had given him. And what we find out was the more he concentrated upon himself, the less he concentrated upon God, and the more bad that came into his life and the less good that came into his life. Let's read the following verses. We're in Daniel, the fourth chapter, and now we're going to read 31 and 32. And let's see where his life went as he began to concentrate and continue concentrating upon himself. 31 and 32. While the word was still in the king's mouth. In other words, he just said this. You can imagine him looking over his great palace and over his great kingdom. And he's saying, look, as he throws his elbow out of joint, saying, look how good I have done. These words are still coming out of his mouth. Was still in the king's mouth. A voice fell from heaven. King Nebuchadnezzar, to you it is spoken. The kingdom has departed from you. And they shall drive you from men, and your dwelling shall be with the beast of the field. They shall make you eat grass like oxen, and seven times shall pass over you, until you know that the Most High rules in the kingdom of men and gives it to whomever He chooses. In this passage, we see that not only can God exalt and build up the humble, But God has no problem destroying the proud. And so that's what He does as He looks over to Nebuchadnezzar. I gave you a warning. I gave you the dream. I gave you the interpretation of the dream. I've given you 12 months to get your heart right. You can't get it right. The end will be destruction. We've just sung a beautiful song about humbling ourselves in the sight of the God and He will lift us up. And that's Scripture. 
But look, if you have your Bibles open, we don't have it on the screen, but if you look at the very end of this chapter we're in, Daniel the fourth chapter, there's a few sentences in the last verse. Let's read the last sentence of the fourth chapter. And those who walk in pride, he, talking about God, is able to put down. Along with pride comes destruction. Because that is the way God has designed life on this earth. God can always humble those that are full of pride. And He does it by His power. You see, it could not have been the decision of Nebuchadnezzar to say, well, I have a beautiful palace here. I have people that admire me. I have control. I snap my fingers and whatever I want happens. I have riches. I have convenience. I think what I'll do now is I'll just look like I'm a crazy animal type man and, and I'll go out and I'll live in the fields. You see the point here? God's still in control. God says, I can move you from this palace to live like an animal. You live in pride. Just like I can build, I can also destroy. And just like I can empower good in your life, I can make it so that you'll pay the punishment for the negative things in your life. And what's interesting, he says, even before it happens, you're going to go out and you're going to dwell in this existence until you see the majesty of God. Things had to change in the heart before the beast-like creature would come back to civilization. I don't suppose God is going to turn any of us here this morning into beasts if we refuse to be humble. Well, physically that is. We've all been around proud beasts in our life. Those people that if, if we look at someone that was humble and their personality was so gracious and their acts of service were so generous and their heart was so godlike, and then right beside them stood someone who was arrogant, full of their self, they thought more about things than they did people, they thought more about what people could do for them instead of them doing for others. And you know what becomes very obvious? Before our very eyes, we see a beast in the making and we see someone that's very beautiful right here. Friends, God hasn't stopped this concept of the proud people look like beasts. The proud people today still look like beasts. It's just their hair doesn't grow out like feathers of an eagle. And their claws don't grow out, or their nails don't grow out like the claws of a bird. And they don't graze out beside the oxen in the field. But they're still just as beast-like in nature, as Nebuchadnezzar was, physically. And so what happens? Let's read on about this loss. The fourth chapter, verse 33, continuing with the same thought, it happens. As a matter of fact, in 33, it says, the very hour the word was fulfilled concerning Nebuchadnezzar. He was driven from men and ate grass like oxen. His body was wet with the dew of heaven till his hair had grown like eagles, feathers and his nails like birds claws more losses less gain and it hurt losses hurt what he lose when we live in pride what do we lose 
We lose some of the very same things that he lost. We lose good relationships. Notice it says he was driven away from men. In other words, he in pride was no doubt with his arrogance so grateful that everybody was looking to him, that he had these strong, in his mind, he perceived it to be strong relationships with other people. And God says, get away from men. Go out and live for your, by yourself for a while. How many times have we seen good relationships strained to the breaking point because someone in that relationship was selfish? How hard is it to live with a family member that is selfish? How hard is it to be best friends with someone who is selfish? Friends, relationships have been strained and broken way before and way after Nebuchadnezzar's day because of individuals that were full of pride. But notice not only was it the relationships there, but it was also the loss of freedom. He didn't want, he didn't choose to go out and live like that beast. But isn't it interesting when we think about sin? Oftentimes we think about, from a human standpoint, I want to go out and participate in that sin because it's what I want to do. I want my way in life. I don't care what God says. I want to break free from God and I want my freedom. And so the individual breaks free from God. They go out in their freedom and what happens? Lo and behold, before long, they're in the bondage of sin. And that's a tight grip. And it's a painful grip. And it distorts our spirit and it breaks our heart and we never find peace. Here was a man that wanted things his way. Look at my kingdom. Look at my power. Look at my majesty. And God says, I can show you what the my game is all about. Now look what you have. You wanted it on your own? See how you like it out in the field on your own. Can you imagine how much he must have longed to just be normal again? Can you imagine the talk around town? Friends, this is a true story. What we're studying today is a true story. Now, I don't know what the talk was, but we can make up some things that's pretty realistic about the talk around town. Can you imagine when he turns into this beast-like creature and he disappears from civilization? And can you imagine the first time somebody went riding by the pasture and they went and said, hey, you been by old Babylon Dirt Road lately? You know, back around by the Tigris Bend? You know that pasture? Oh, Farmer Brown over there? Go. Just trust me, it's worth the drive. Go back there. You're not going to believe what you see. What do you see? What do you see? King Nebuchadnezzar's back there. He's on all fours. His hair has grown out and it looks just like eagle's feathers. And in the morning, the dew is glistening on it like a beast lying out in the field under the sunlight. And I saw him reach back to scratch his side. And his nails were so long, it looked just like bird's claws. And so I just kind of stayed back. He hadn't seen me. And I watched him for about 30 minutes this morning. And when the cattle got up to graze, he just raised up on all four just like them. And he went across the pasture grazing right along with them. You won't believe King Nebuchadnezzar. Can you imagine how during this period of time... King Nebuchadnezzar looked at his hands, looked at that hair like feathers, and thought about that kingdom that he one time had. 
and thought to himself, I just want to be normal again. Maybe he even thought to himself, I don't care about being a king. I don't care about having royalty. I just like friends again. I'd like to just be normal again. Please, please get this point. When we talk with families that are dysfunctional, one of the most common phrases that is heard is somebody or several in that family say, we just want a normal family again. When addiction is ripping that family apart, you'll hear family members say, I just wish we could have a normal get-together again. I just wish we could be a normal family again. When fornication and adultery has ripped a family apart, you'll hear people in that family reminisce about the old times and say, I just wish we had a family that was normal again. Whenever life throws us the huge challenges in the deep valleys, what you'll hear people say is, I just want things to be normal again. Friends, pride makes things abnormal. Pride sends beasts out to live like animals. Pride hurts relationships. Many of us are going to gather with friends, and especially with family, this week. Let's go out of our way to be humble. Let's go out of our way to offer the atmosphere that we can control of humility. And those times that we're tempted to do otherwise, look ourselves in the face and say, don't be crazy. Don't be a beast. Let's live as God would have us to live. The story greatly improves. Let's look, if you will, now to the 34th verse. Daniel, the 4th chapter, verse 34. And let's see this humility as it is about to be restored. And at the end of time, that was the passing of the seven seasons there. At the end of the time, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted my eyes to heaven, and my understanding returned to me. And I blessed the Most High and praised and honored Him who lives forever. What a beautiful thought. This man that had spent the first part of this story playing the eye game, look what I've done, now has been humbled as a beast out in the field, and now he says, notice this, I lifted up my eyes. Now it's not about him. Now it's about God. And as he lifted up his eyes, notice what he did when he said, my understanding returned. You see, now he understood it's all about God. He understood this kingdom wasn't all about Him. He understood that His purpose on this earth isn't all about Him. His understanding returned. Now here is the key part also of His reasoning, His understanding returning. What did He do? He offered God the blessings, the praise, and the honor. How do you know that you're not crazy? Really, sometimes we lie to ourselves. 
Sometimes everybody else can see what we can't see about ourselves. So this morning, can you prove to yourself that, that you don't have an arrogant spirit, that you're not crazy as it relates to pride? Here's how we can know. Here's the test. Do we talk about I a lot more than we talk about God? Do we believe that we empower our lives more than God empowers our life? Do we offer more blessings to God or more blessings? That's compliments, praise, verbal. Do we offer more blessings to God about our life or do we praise ourselves? Look what I can do. Yes, look at my great success. Look at the blessings that I have brought into my life. Do we have that kind of mindset, that kind of language? Or are we honestly praising and blessing God? And the idea of praise is to extol and to honor is to hold worthy and to recognize that that individual deserves the honor because of their position. This morning, this man made a tremendous change. He went from him being the builder to God being the builder. He went from him being the great power to God being the great power. He left the idea behind that he deserved the blessings and the majesty, and he gave all of that to God. And the result, verse 36, as we close this lesson, the fourth chapter in verse 36, at the same time my reason returned to me, and for the glory of my kingdom, my honor and splendor returned to me. My counselors and nobles resorted to me. I was restored to my kingdom, and excellent majesty was added to me. God gave it back to him. Because now he knew, where did it all come from? What is, what is the force that sustains this? Who is the one that deserves the glory, the praise, and the honor? This morning, friend, by our human nature, one of the easiest things for us to do is to think, we've done it. Whatever's good in our life, we've done it. And we learn from Nebuchadnezzar a powerful lesson. And that lesson is this. If we believe that, we're crazy. God is the one that has brought anything that's good in our life. And we ought to use His power to bless our lives and others. And we ought to give Him all the glory and the praise. This week and every week, let's count our blessings. This week and every week, let's pray to God, humbly realizing that it's only by leaning upon Him that we can even exist. And any hope that we have of heaven is solely because of Him. This morning, if you don't have that hope of heaven, don't leave here hopeless. Let's all leave here loving God and praising Him by our life and by our words and by the hearts and our meditation. If you've never been baptized into Christ for the remission of sins, won't you do that this morning? If you have been baptized but have left God and want to be restored back to Him, the humble heart that is repentant and confessing and will pray forgiveness, if we can help in any way, come as we stand, as we sing.